0: And welcome to Minisode 122 of Strong Language and Violent Scenes, the podcast giving a second chance to films that might not deserve them. I'm Mitch Bain, I'm a lapsed horror writer and an occasional dude to musical things.
1: And I'm Andy Stewart, hi. Hello
0: there, how are you doing?
1: I'm okay, man, I'm okay. Good,
0: uh, for date stamp purposes, we are getting in early this week, Saturday morning, 11am.
1: Yeah, yeah, I might even release the Mitch's pitch image a day early. Wow, controversial. How has your week been? My week's been okay um Mm -hmm. various levels of good to shite okay as i think most people are enduring right now true um how has isolation treated you i am
0: free again i am back out into the world which is nice um (laughs) yep that's good um uh yeah it was you know what it was all right like um i watched a lot of films though which we can get to what have you been watching this week
1: quite a lot of things actually we both took some time this week to check out jill gevargazian's the stylist
0: yeah, so anyone that listens to the show regularly will know that Jill's a good friend of ours and she's been on multiple times doing um, various films from the Anaconda franchise uh, One of those still to go <laughs> if I'm not mistaken um, So yeah, if you're a regular listener you'll know about Jill and the fact that um, her film The Stylist, the Kickstarter funded film, had its premiere last week at Fantastic Fest Yes. And part of the deal for Kickstarter backers was that there was an opportunity to check out the film in a brief window of time last Sunday, so we both managed to do that.
1: Yeah, I, I have to be honest I didn't contribute to the Kickstarter because I was I had just moved house and I had a baby on the way at the time uh, so that wasn't something that I was feasibly able to do but I did just ask Jill and she happily furnished me with a screener
0: yeah I'm um, very decent over by the way Um, I went into this really wanting to like it obviously um, you always do when it's mm-hmm. when it's your friend stuff I am very happy to support that I think that the stylist
1: is brilliant. I was blown away, actually. It's as assured a debut feature as I've ever seen from anyone.
0: Yeah, it really is. It's um, it's a really, really great piece of work. Feels like this kind of very natural expansion of the short, which for anyone that isn't familiar, the basic idea of this is that you do have Claire, the central character played by Najara Townsend, who is
1: a killer hairstylist. Really, yeah, yeah, Um, that's that's pretty that's pretty much it. But it
0: delves into like the psychology of loneliness and kind of just like looking for real human connections and what not getting them can drive people to do, and um, in a way that kind of like for me brings to mind things like May.
1: Sure, yeah, and I think May and Maniac, both versions of Maniac actually are quite uh, good comparisons. If you liked either of those films, then I think you'll find a lot to like in the stylist.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think that it hits the it hits similar notes um, about kind of alienation and loneliness and things. But very much in its own way, what I will say is this looks amazing.
1: Yeah, the cinematography is absolutely stunning. Like every frame looks amazing. It looks really rich. Visually, this film completely belies the budget.
0: Absolutely, hundred percent. Yep, really, really good performances across the board here as well. Particularly from your front two, Claire Najava Townsend and Olivia, played by Bria Grant.
1: Yeah, great stuff. I don't think I've ever seen Najara Townsend better than she is here.
0: I'd be inclined to agree. Yeah, I think that she's. I think she's great. I think that also. Um, I don't want to get into obviously uh, too much about where this ends up going. I think that like there's a kind of grim inevitability about where it goes, and I think that the fact that you can kind of broadly see where it's headed doesn't really work to its detriment at all. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't mind watching that kind of like slow roll into chaos kind of thing.
1: I knew where it was going quite a long time before it got there, but I still think that that last. Scene is so effective, that oh yeah, it's great, you, it's really yeah, really good. You don't mind it?
0: No, no, not at all. But yeah, I mean, like this one doesn't really put a foot wrong for me.
1: No, me neither. No, I think it's a, it's really really strong, and I'm so glad that it that it is so strong because Jill's been tirelessly beavering away for a long time, and it's great to see. Someone who I, certainly that I was on the festival circuit with, doing so, so well.
0: Yeah, and I mean, uh, also, if this is sounding like something that you guys would enjoy, you don't have to wait long to see it in the UK. It is part of the digital Fright Fest event at the end of the month. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. I think it's showing. I think it's showing on the Sunday, if I'm not mistaken. Could be wrong, um, but That's it's also correct. playing. Is it okay? Cool, and it's also playing Cellular Screams in Sheffield uh, that same weekend. So yeah, a couple of options for how you can catch up with that film this month in the UK, which is great. But yeah, the stylist, big well done to Jill and everyone involved. Uh, Love this, and no doubt Jill will be reappearing at some point on the show for Anaconda Four.
1: Yeah, I think while while those snakes to be discussed, uh, Jill's waiting in the wings. <laughs> um, <laughs> do you want to talk about some other stuff? Yeah, I. Uh... I don't know what was up with me late Thursday night into Friday. Okay, yeah, I did see. But I did see. Um, you're, uh, <laughs> I did
0: see you're like a, you're kind of like you're, you're a nihilist triple bill.
1: Yeah, I don't know what the hell I was thinking, right? But on Thursday night, I thought it would be a good idea to revisit Mick Jackson's threads. Right. So I got to admit, I've never seen threads. Right. Okay.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, but I know a lot about it, and the main reason that I know a lot about it is that it always gets brought into conversations where people are talking about um not like the most violent films or the goriest films or the films that will make you sick or whatever which i think is a really quite quite a boring way to talk about horror to be honest but like Mm when people are when people are talking about um films that are just like absolute abject misery
1: well yeah i think it's fair to say then that threads would fall into that category because what we have here is a 1984 bbc made for tv production that tells the story of the lead-up to the event of and the aftermath of a nuclear attack on Sheffield. Yeah, and it is just—I think I said on my Twitter the other day—it's like almost forty years old, and it is still brutal. It's lost none of its power, and it is still fucking terrifying. Mm-hmm. So that was a cheery note to end Thursday night on when I decided to to hit the hay. Uh, where can you get this? Well, I've got it on Blu-ray. There's a, a Blu-ray available in the UK. Okay. Um, so I've got it on that. I don't know how easy it is to get your hands on beyond that because it's certainly not something that the BBC screen with any regularity. I guess. <laughs> but I'd love to hear the episode of Points of View about Threads. I would have loved to have seen the episode of Points of View about Threads at the time it came out because I would Definitely. imagine that there was quite the uproar about it.
0: Absolutely. So, yeah, so that was that was film one and that closed your Thursday evening.
1: Then I went into yesterday, Friday, and Friday's supposed to be the fun day, you know, they say, thank God it's Friday, and it's supposed to be a day when you, you can look towards the weekend and everything's grand. Well, I started my Friday by watching When the Wind Blows. Right, what is this? <laughs> so, When the Wind Blows is an animated film based on the book by Raymond Briggs, who wrote The Snowman. Okay. And uh, what you have here is uh, a man and a woman, very tonally similar actually to Threads in a lot of ways. It tells the story of a middle aged man and a woman and their preparations in the run up to a nuclear war and again the inevitable aftermath of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, this is a PG, right? So, it's a lot softer than Threads. Right, but it is still an incredibly bleak watch. Like it's a hard one to watch, particularly as the film progresses. And I, I don't mind spoiling it a little bit for people, but um, both the characters wind up with radiation poisoning. Okay, and they're just kind of dealing with it all in this really stiff upper lip British way. But it's still really sweet and really sad, and it's just it's just awful. <laughs> but it's really it's re- really great. Also got a score by the way from uh, Roger Waters and music by David Bowie. Oh, wow, okay, cool. So it's pretty interesting. Not cheery viewing, uh, certainly not the kind of film you want to follow threads with. But then I made an- another potentially grievous decision for my mental health and watched Dean Kapsalis's The Swerve. Right.
0: So, yeah, um, I've talked about this on the
1: show before. It closed
0: Mm. the digital edition of Fright Fest back in August. Um, I think that this is great. I think it's a really, really good film. But yeah, at the end of uh, the little chain of films that you had going here, that's uh, that's an ambitious manoeuvre.
1: But I thought this was great. Uh, yeah. I, I really loved it. I think Azura Sky in the lead role was pheno- absolutely phenomenal. I've, I'd i obviously seen people talking about her after the, the Fright Fest screening, but absolutely deserving of all those plaudits because she's incredible.
0: Yeah, yeah, she's brilliant. She won Best uh, best Actress. Um, of course she did. Yeah. First, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, well-deserved. It's a great film.
1: Yeah, and that's uh, that th- that's available now to rent and buy on Amazon Prime. Probably other is, VOD yeah. platforms as well. Glad to have finally seen it. It's really great. Yeah. Yeah, not not at all a party film. No, no. Unless you want people to leave your house. <laughs> um, you got anything else to touch on? Just one thing. I'm going to quickly mention. I checked out the first episode of The Walking Dead: World Beyond on Amazon Prime. The second spin-off series uh, to The Walking Dead uh, after Fear the Walking Dead. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This one feels kind of more marketed towards teenagers, right? Or okay. Young adults, certainly in the in the first episode. Because what you have here is this kind of almost kids on bikes but slightly older
0: right sure okay um, tweens on bikes
1: tweens on bikes uh two sisters whose dad has been kind of taken away by this uh corporation that are kind of running the world 10 years after the first kind of zombie outbreak happened um he's kind of secretly communicating with them and as he's kind of communicating things are getting like, his messages are getting darker and kind of more bleak and uh the two daughters kind of decide, right, we're going to go and look for him now with the help of these two spunky sidekicks. So I'm guessing what's going to happen from this point on is a kind of cross-country trip um, through various zombie-infested locales.
0: <laughs> yeah, I would say that's probably a safe bet.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you, I think if you like The Walking Dead, you're, you're, you're going to like this. I lost my way with The Walking Dead a long, long time ago. Um, and I only watched a couple of episodes of Fear the Walking Dead. It's much of okay. a muchness and I feel like uh, the Walking Dead World Beyond is gonna be like that in a way. But it just it, it mm-hmm. seems to have like this slight tinge of hope to it, which felt needed in a way. Because I think the the world of the Walking okay. Dead is such a horrible bleak one. So I don't I I don't know how it's going to pan out. I don't know if I'll stick with it, but certainly if you like The Walking Dead, you you're going to like this. The zombie work's still incredible in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just it feels like quite a natural continuation of that world.
0: Okay, okay. I am out uh, I bailed out in The Walking Dead about midway through season five or something. I realized that I didn't like anybody. Right. Um, <laughs> in it, I kind of fe- I I kind of felt like everybody went from protagonist to antagonist, and uh, I feel like the show didn't notice.
1: Yeah, I mean it's coming to an end. We're we, 10 seasons in or something by now and then we've got the, uh, another that, spin-off yeah. in the works or with Daryl and Carol, so um, uh, this is a world that's not going away anytime soon, The Walking Dead, so uh, yeah, if you're a fan, check out The Walking Dead World Beyond, an episode a week on Amazon Prime okay cool i have only one other thing
0: this week that's not technically true i have been watching other stuff but i don't really want to get into too much of it like i watched on uh, netflix you know the that uh, the house at the end of the street the horror film that jennifer lawrence was in
1: oh yeah yeah okay um
0: which I, I don't really want to dwell on too much it was it's it's precisely as bad as it's been made out to be over the years it's weird watching an actress of that caliber wrangle with that material <laughs> okay I, I didn't like it at all, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna dig too far into that. Also, rewatched the first three Paranormal Activity films. Oh wow, okay. Um, which I think have all held up reasonably well. I still maintain that the second one's the best one, which I think is not a popular opinion.
1: Do you know I'm inclined to agree with that opinion?
0: I think it's certainly the scariest. It's the one that scares me the most. The third has the best kind of visual tricks in it yeah i think Mm -hmm. but the second one in terms of just watching something that really scared the shit out of me i think that the second one uh is the strongest however the main thing that i wanted to look at was um i went back to 2018 via amazon prime uh this week and it was one that i wanted to catch at the cinema at the time in fact i remember that i went to go to the cinema to see it um late one night and uh, when i got there it was closed for emergency lights maintenance (laughs) <laughs> okay. I mean, it was like my, my last chance to see it. I was like, fuck's sake. So it's taken me two years to catch up with uh, Unseen.
1: Oh, is that the Steven Soderbergh?
0: Yeah. So this is a Steven Soderbergh film that he shot entirely on an iPhone 7.
1: Yeah, because I remember that being the big kind of marketing point of it at the time.
0: Yeah, I mean, um which yeah, I mean like it it doesn't make that much of an odds, it just looks like a kinda grainy Steven Soderbergh film, uh in the same way that something like Schizopolis did or something. So you've got Claire Foy in the lead here and she's really good, but basically uh she plays she plays a character called Sawyer Valentini, though, so I had to get over that hurdle before I got on board. <laughs> but she has basically moved to escape a stalker.
1: Oh right, okay.
0: Uh, she goes to talk to this uh, counselor and basically inadvertently commits herself for uh, 24 hours of observation at an institution. Right. It basically just charts because, like, um, like a day becomes a few days, and it charts her kind of deterioration in there, inter- her interaction with uh, some of the other patients. You've got uh, Juno Temple's in this, actually. All right. Um, Who I haven't seen in anything for a while. But, like, the central question becomes whether or not she's an unreliable narrator because she starts seeing uh, her stalker as one of the staff there all right and basically it's one of those things and i often kind of struggle with these where the central question is right you know it's, it's it's established and you're right okay is she crazy or not and then the rest of the film is just you waiting to find that out and i don't think that this film has that problem i uh, i really like this i like this a lot it's like I say it's an amazon prime it's well acted i think that where it goes is quite clever i would say that it's probably an 100 minute story you could have told in 85 <laughs> right um potentially um but it's uh it's good um everyone in it is really good i think that like it's quite distressing in places for a couple of different reasons but um in terms of just getting you inside her head and getting you invested in figuring out what's going on this works really effectively it's probably as good as steven Soderbergh film as there's been in a while
1: wow amazing
0: um yeah i like this guy. i like this quite a bit I, th- I had it in my head that this got quite a lukewarm critical reception at the time but it looks like it was actually really quite well received but um yeah i really enjoyed this if unreliable narrator character pieces are your thing then uh and i know like a lot of people do like that you know that sounds like a ridiculously specific thing to say but um yeah if you like that kind of thing then i would recommend checking out one, say, and saying i, uh, I it. sign me up
1: it. baby <laughs>
0: uh i was gonna say that's my lot it's not entirely my lot in fairness
1: <laughs> Mitch wants to in the 90s. but
0: only for a couple
1: more weeks
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, i finally did it i watched darkman this week. yeah um, it was weird. It's like, um, because like obviously while I was self isolating, I was watching a lot of films, and I'd been top to bottom on the Netflix horror section. Like I'd been right through it. I knew pretty much everything that was there. And just after we spoke about it last week, it was like Monday or Tuesday this week. I went onto Netflix and there it was, staring me in the face. Uh, Darkman. Superb. So yeah, I watched it. I thought it was. Uh, I thought it was quite good. Like it's not the kind of thing that I would ever openly seek out for myself, as you probably guess.
1: Sure. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: and the kind of comic booky vibe to things like that is not something again that i would list as amongst my favorite
1: things so clearly a Sam Raimi film, though, isn't it? Like from the first frame.
0: Uh, yeah, I would say that that is definitely fair. And I mean, like, and it's a universe; that's quite easy to get swept up in. And Liam Neeson's really good in it. And so mm-hmm. is uh, Francis McDormand. Like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I quite like this. I am gonna try and go for some kind of like more conventionally dark and more conventionally horror stuff. I think for the last few weeks. Okay. Because if I'm not mistaken, I think I only have four left. Yeah, like, the, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, it's it's the twenty sixth of October. Is the concluding one in the Nighty Side Quest. So, um, yeah. So I'm gonna try and dig in and find some. Uh, some scary slash bleak stuff to uh, keep me ticking over.
1: And then it's over to me for my own sub quest.
0: Yeah, Nature Gone Wild. People getting in touch and uh, suggesting some really cool stuff in there, which is great.
1: Yeah, I'm, lo- I'm really looking forward to getting in about it because uh, there's a world of stuff out there. Absolutely. So, moving on. What have they been saying?
0: Time to take a look at the feedback then for this week and uh, there's no Is shortage he? of it uh, particularly centred around this week's film a uh, big thank you to uh, Tim Coleman of Total Film for joining us this week and introducing us to the wonders of Shakma um, nice. definitely the best film I've ever seen about uh, live action role players being terrorised by a baboon in a high rise tower <laughs> and sure. um, I'm, I'm possibly the best trailer of all time. Loads of people getting in touch to talk about their experiences and opinions on Shakma. Kevin Matthews, Salt Air Popcorn and Twitter, I will need to be late again this week because this pushes me for a long overdue first-time viewing of Shakma.
1: Shakma! <laughs> I think a lot of these might end with Shakma!
0: Yeah, yeah, I think that like um, a lot of people were
1: just shrieking it into the abyss, um, which I appreciated. Yeah, uh, Mr. Barlow at Mr. Cut underscore Barlow getting in touch again to say proof, if proof were needed, that my lifelong pithecophobia is justified. Now that is fear of apes, baboons. I deliberately sent you that piece of feedback because I knew that you would like the etymology. Sure, yeah, 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 I'm a big, big fan of that, I love that stuff. I've said it many times, I'll say it again. Be afraid of our primate pals.
0: 100%. 100%. They're up to something. Loads of people get in touch on Twitter. Uh, Slashy, that's uh, Ashley underscore Northy on Twitter, saying I owned a VHS copy as a kid. Uh, Doctor Bitchcraft, that's at With Jetpack, saying I love Shakma, saw it for the first time last year at a mystery screening. Holy
1: shit. Could you imagine? Uh, I'd be so happy if, if I sat down and watched something, no idea what it was, and then it was Shakma. Yeah.
0: Also, I role pal Danny Naylor, who I haven't heard from in a while, uh, got in touch, simply
1: saying stunning
0: trailer. Agreed.
1: I can't disagree. The most effective trailer I think since Jaws.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I would say that's fair.
1: Jamie Holmes at Twangy Sauce 1. Quite a fan of that. Uh, I remember renting this out and my wife saying, No way am I spending my Saturday night watching a film about a mad baboon. To which Tim himself replied, "Uh, Frankly, this is the kind of film Saturday nights were made for. Can't argue with that. Uh, Laura oh. Bynan getting in touch to say Shackma for Strong Violent PC is lots better than I expected Great things can be done with one floor set and one stairwell Screen direction in this is lovely Oh, and there's a crazy baboon, of course
0: Can't say fairer than that um, Also, uh, Graham Hughes, our old pal, simply got in touch saying shagging audiences everywhere <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Justin McConnell uh, got in touch on the Trud Locker Ah, lovely um, simply posting the supercut that, um, uh, that Tim mentioned uh, of Shakma clattering into doors <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's Shakma hates doors on YouTube if you want to check that out for yourself and uh, you do um, <laughs> and also uh, Andrew Barron getting in touch also in the locker saying the Foley artist providing the footstep sound effects really earned their crust on this one <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't have anything else on Shakma uh,
0: me neither so if you if uh, if you if you want to venture into other territory then go for it
1: yeah I want to send out some love to at jrock at home on Twitter for uh, giving us a shout out on international podcast day same to our old pal Zoe Smith as well for uh, doing likewise nice <laughs> that we are still featuring highly in people's weeks always nice Caitlin at scared Cheapless getting in touch to say I laugh so much at the man who shot another man that I'm very grateful I was not in an office. And uh, sending <laughs> our, our, send our, our well wishes to you, Mitch, that your isolation is treating you well.
0: Uh, yeah, I saw that. Thanks so much, Caitlin. I am, I am fine. Um, and also, uh, my my day and week was also cheered up by uh, C.P. Buckley's ingenious film within a film, The Man Who Shot Another Man, unless it's bitches pitches. By the way, it's,
1: uh, you're not the only one in quarantine now. As of right now, the, the President of the United States is in quarantine. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm, a wild time. Yeah, I'm not, not, not going to send them any, any well wishes. <laughs>
0: well, you know what? That's your prerogative. Um, <laughs> do you have anything else that you want to touch on?
1: I do, Chris Ellis. Now, this is coming back to what you just spoke about a minute ago, Mitch. Mm-hmm. Chris Ellis saying, just listen to the latest minisode from Strong Violent PC. No one should ever be informed that Paranormal Activity 4 is streaming anywhere. This and the marked ones nearly buried the franchise. It can fuck off.
0: I think that that is a little bit harsh. Paranormal Activity 4 is not scary by any manner of means. It's got some quite good ideas. I would say that, like, I think I maybe mentioned this last week, I think that you're more inclined to be like, huh, that's clever, than you are to, like, (laughs) jump or scream. Yeah, I thought it was okay. The Marked Ones, I think, is also fine. But I think that The Marked Ones uh, deserves some uh, some airtime and some credit for uh, being a film where someone tries to stop a ghost by shooting at it. Sure, sure. Famously, uh, famously successful ghost hunting technique. But yeah, I think that if we're talking about things that killed the franchise, it was the ghost dimension. The ghost dimension was dreadful. Can't argue with that at all. Elsewhere, a quick hello to Chloe Bestley. Hi, Chloe! Chloe finding um a gap in her schedule to get on a film from a deep cut episode. As uh, she said, um, Elliot seems to be back to himself. On her film selection, she heard about it on the show and she said she thought, it, it sounds amusing. She was watching Slugs. Ah! so she said that it didn't disappoint i wouldn't have imagined for a second that it did um way way back that was episode 30 something i think um when we did that with rebecca and dave mckendry
1: but more importantly than that mitch without slugs there would be no strong language violent scenes potentially
0: very true yeah yeah this was the very film that uh, we watched the night that we hatched this wild plan
1: yeah and in case anyone else is wondering the other one that we watched was chud 2 bud chud
0: It sure was. Infinitely better than the first one, in my humble opinion. Agreed. Um, I only have the one more thing, and it's actually another uh, Deep Cut episode reference. Um, This time from Spooky Morley on Twitter. Oh, okay. Um, Saying, so because it's the 25th anniversary of the curse of Michael Myers, I decided to re-listen to the hilarious episode of Strong Violent PC that was dedicated to this rather bonkers film. I still argue that this has one of the best death sequences ever. She didn't specify which one. (laughs) But uh, yeah, she went back and checked out the episode that we did with Matt Mercer on Halloween 6.
1: Yeah, I've got a lot of time for Halloween 6. um, And I think it's one that deserves more love. Some of the other ones can get to fuck, but I really do think that halloween 6 is not one of those ones no not do all uh, that's my lot for feedback unless you got anything else i've got one thing and i know it's something that everyone's waiting for it's what stevie reeve been up to this week what stevie <laughs> been watching <laughs> um, and Good i can tell you that stevie thanks to steven wales was watching night of the dribbler yes uh-huh now i don't know anything about this but i can see that it's from the makers of snuff and zombie nightmare okay <laughs> And the killer appears to be some, he seems to have a basketball for a head. Okay, excellent. Good, or a pumpkin good. and a basketball in his hands. But he says, oh my God, the jokes are failing big time. The coach is a weirdo and the commentator, well, no comment. No, I, I can't speak to that because I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. But um, I've been into watching that. <laughs>
0: I feel like Steven Wales is just baiting Stevie at this point. Like this is like the second week out of the last three where he's just hovered into the TED and been like, oh, this looks weird, and then Stevie's like, Yeah, okay, fine, and just watches it.
1: Stevie needs to be considerably less open to suggestion.
0: Uh yeah, I would say start putting up a necessary level of resistance to these wild suggestions, I would say. <laughs> I've
1: got no more feedback.
0: Uh, no, me neither. <laughs> It is once again time for Mitch's Pictures. Mitch's Pictures is a feature on the show that is designed to exploit my ignorance for your entertainment. While we're recording, Andy will send a picture to my phone. It will be a poster from a horror film from years gone by. He'll have photoshopped out the title and the tagline Mm. and left only the image. It will fall to me to describe the image to the best of my ability and, uh, where possible, give it a title and a synopsis. Uh, So this last week, uh, for better or worse, the film was The Amazing Mr. No Legs. It (laughs) was... Reappropriated by me as Pebbles Dash Wheels of Justice. Sure. Um I gotta say, I kinda like with a kind of creeping dread looked at the pitches for this week and I've gotta hand it to everybody. Like, Jesus, this is a strong crop.
1: Really? Ah, oh, absolutely happy. <laughs> okay.
0: So first I just wanna say hello to a uh, Gorehound Zombie Slew on Twitter saying, Finally I know the film from the image on Mitch's pitches. However, I can't think of a pitch, so I guess that makes me the amazing Mr. No Pitch. <laughs> uh Alex's uh, cosmic ray girl uh mastermind wheelie mcwheelyton decides to wheel into Wheeltown to rescue his daughter from the evil twins roland royce in 1994's you are never wheelie here
1: oh right okay
0: andrew martins on instagram uh yeah. developing a taste for the pitch um, yeah, once uh once it, it, it
1: gets addictive Mitch, i'm starting to feel it myself
0: yeah, he's bitten by the bug. After a tragic accident while showcasing his homemade rocket launcher, takes the legs of bitter widower Walter P.P. Kaufman, the corrupt sheriff Gunnar Beretta, <laughs> <laughs> who lost control over the crime-infested streets long ago, manages to convince Walter to be his ultimate tool of urban justice. With the help of local supporters, Ooh. Walter gets the resources to turn his wheelchair into the most deadly support for the handicap the world has ever seen. Things turn sour <laughs> when the chair-bound vigilante gets drunk with his power and starts gunning... <laughs> starts... G- fucking hell. Things turn sour when the chair-bound vigilante gets drunk with his power and starts gunning down people even for minor wrongdoings like jaywalking. But who can stop oh. this maniac Robocop on wheels? Find out the answer to the question, when does vigilante justice go too far? In 1977, The NRA Took My Grandpa Away. <laughs> <laughs> um, Faye Ellis on Facebook, Ah, what a film! The Great Adventures of Car Chest Polo Wheel. <laughs> Uh, James Rodriguez on Facebook as well. Hoping to aspire outside of playing Ian Beale on EastEnders, Adam Woodyett tries to get a part in the Hollywood remake Freaks. Going above and beyond, he has his legs surgically removed, but the role goes to Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> Very nice. Wanting revenge, he attaches shotguns to his wheelchair and wreaks havoc on the studio and incurs the wrath of the TJ Hooker film being shot next door. Get ready for Beals on Wheels. <laughs> Chris Salt. Oh! Uh, He returns, Hard-nosed detective Jack Thunder is a maverick cop who doesn't play by the rules. Forced to take early retirement by the pencil pushers at City Hall when a botched mob hit leaves him paralyzed from the waist down, Thunder baffles his bosses by quietly (laughs) spending his days tinkering in his garage workshop. But it soon becomes clear that this loose cannon is not quite ready for the scrap heap when night falls, and he returns to the mean streets in a tricked-out mobility aid, bristling with firepower, to wreak bloody vengeance on the lowlifes responsible. <laughs> yes, it's the film Variety magazine dubbed the opposite of tastefully handled. 1979's Rolling Thunder. <laughs> Tony Constantine, when Detroit-based cyber cop Alex Murphy goes on a rampage after a mysterious software update, Detroit PD must enlist the next best cop to take him down and solve the mystery of his dodgy tech. Transferred from San Francisco and given a somewhat unnecessary upgrade to his wheelchair, Raymond Burr returns to the big screen (laughs) in the crossover we didn't ask for and they barely delivered. Robocop vs. Ironside, wheels of justice. (laughs) Part man, part wheelchair, all cop. (laughs) (laughs) and not so keen on instagram wow talented bavarian mechanic cargos vroom is is rendered paraplegic in (laughs) after a horrific auto shop accident left unemployed and with staggering medical bills to pay he decides inexplicably that his only option is to take real estate mogul shia casa hostage during a private condo viewing and attempt to fleece the man's fortune Plans go awry, however, when Casa decides to fight back and a deadly game of cat and paralysed mouse ensues in 1983's market exploitation thriller, Steel Chair. There'll be pandemonium when the wheels of aluminium squeal into the condominium. (laughs) (laughs) That's a hell of a crop there, I would say.
1: You have some tough decisions to make. I do, I do. Um, And I'm making them rather quickly because the best character name is going to Kian for Cargos Vroom. Naturally. Mm Mm-hmm. And the best pitch, Tricky. I think I'm going to give the best pitch to... Andre.
0: Okay, okay, fair enough. The, uh, the NRA took my grandpa away. <laughs> it's pretty superb, to be fair. Right, okay, it's my turn, isn't it? Yep, are you ready? Uh, yeah, let's do this thing. There you go. Oh, okay, keeping it, I would say, relatively simple here.
1: Yeah, and uh, kind of defining the month of September and October, really, The I, I guess, the content. I suppose so, yeah, because
0: um, there is a white border to this image. Um, sure. And what we have is, I'm going to say that it's the face of a woman, uh, like I would say. Um, you can't really see very much, you can't see hair profile, anything like that. And also, the left half of her face is obscured by uh, flies. <laughs> um, uh, okay. Okay. But yes, dark colored eyes, state of some distress, uh, one of the flies is also, so there's some flies kind of like uh, loosely, kind of sparsely distributed over the right side of her face as well, a few are under mouth, one looks like it's about to creep into her nostril, one just under her eye, um, but that's about it really, a um, distressed woman uh, screams, or looks on in horror at least, as the left half of her face is uh, swarmed over by flies.
1: Now you're going with flies?
0: I'm gonna go with flies, yeah you
1: haven't zoomed into them or, or looked at their decoration in any way.
0: Oh, are they bees? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it.
1: Let's do it. Okay, here, here we go. I'm
0: feeling quite ignorant now for um, uh, for uh, misappropriating them as flies, but I might run with it.
1: No, you, you do what you need to do, whatever feels the most natural, but I think it's... Uh, it's baffling to me that you looked at those little invertebrates there and thought eh, eh, those flies are looking pretty tricked out, pretty smart.
0: Exactly. <laughs> yeah, 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 they're upgraded. In fact, actually, that might that might factor
1: in. Oh, okay. Well, I, I look forward to this with a uh, what's the opposite of baited breath like what what, what would be the the, the eels like with, with waiting eels with Yeah, Ready yeah, yeah. eels.
0: I have um reappropriated my own ignorance into a plot point.
1: Oh, well, lovely. Let's let's do it.
0: Quite pleased with that. Right, OK, here we go. Noted philanthropist Charity Ball is preparing for the best <laughs> event in her calendar, the annual fundraiser for the local insectarium. As the event gets underway and guests arrive, what they don't know is that Charity has a trick up her sleeve. Working with reputed scientist and part-time nutritionist Irma Fiji. She has developed a serum to magnify a person's altruistic impulses. However, the serum has only been tested on humans, and there's no legislating for what happens when it's ingested by insects. The shocking truth becomes painfully self-evident when a swarm of flies escape and sample the punch, turning them into rabid, monstrous, flesh-hungry killing machines. As the mighty swarm descends on the guests, what started as a deadly fight for survival soon becomes a deadly fight for survival. In 1988's winged Gorefest, flies in the face of fear.
1: It's such promise, and you humped it on the title. (laughs) I disagree. (sighs) Right, okay, what year did you say? I said 1988. Right, well, it was
0: 1976. (laughs) Okay, okay.
1: And the film was The Savage Bees.
0: (laughs) The Savage Bees. (laughs) Music scenes The Savage Bees. (laughs) Yeah. Wow! <laughs> did I mean, did I, did I just like did I manage to get any good will back?
1: <laughs> uh, yes, you have. Congratulations! That was that was that was quick. Thanks, thanks. Um, who's synopsising this? Ornas. Okay, sure. And the synopsis is as follows: The festive fun of the annual Mardi Gras celebration is brought to a halt when a swarm of African killer bees escape from a foreign freighter.
0: Oh, is that lot Okay, that's it. That's it. <laughs> I was I, I, I was primed for more. Okay, um, is this any good? No idea. Cool. I get I get the impression that like yeah like we're we're getting quite far off the beaten track with these now, aren't we? Well, maybe I
1: can find out in a couple of weeks' time.
0: That's true. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like you're kind of leaning hard into the content here. I like it. You know, you're keeping the theme up. You're prepping us for it. Mm-hmm. I like it.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Nothing else if not thorough, Andy Stewart. Thanks. Um, that concludes Mitch's pictures for this week. That image is everywhere now. Uh, go on, get in touch. See if you can talk this week. But it's going to take some doing. I got to say yeah so turning our attentions to the streaming platforms this week as you can imagine as we get into october um things picking up a fair bit uh not on sky cinema though nothing this week some stuff coming next week though um okay. so we'll cross that bridge when we get there but sky cinema a little bit bad on the horror premieres uh this week netflix on wednesday the 7th we have hubie halloween it's a horror comedy with adam sandler in it
1: <laughs> i don't like the sound of that
0: yeah i've seen the trailer for it it's one of the ones where he does a voice oh no yeah I'm afraid so uh, Hubie's not the most popular guy in Salem but when Halloween turns truly spooky this good-hearted scaredy cat sets out to keep his town safe oh god also got season one of To the Lake when a mysterious plague hits Moscow a group of survivors flees to the wilderness threatened by the sickness looters and their own bad blood
1: oh you may be able to hear my son howling there in the background
0: uh, yep yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. gearing <laughs> up just, for Halloween just... <laughs> I didn't realise you had such disdain for Adam Sandler start him young <laughs> on friday the 9th uh, something that a lot of people have been waiting for um the haunting of Bly manor mike flanagan's follow-up to the haunting a hill house dead doesn't mean gone an au pair plunges into an abyss of chilling secrets in this gothic romance from mike flanagan also on sunday the 11th uh, coming to netflix one that we're both big fans of overlord
1: oh right okay yeah yeah Uh,
0: on the eve of d-day several american gis embark on a mission behind enemy lines and uncover a supernatural secret beyond their worst nightmares now turning attentions to amazon prime and the next couple of weeks there are going to be pretty interesting
1: why is that
0: because on this tuesday and the following tuesday we've got two films each from the blumhouse welcome to the blumhouse block oh yeah yeah So we've got the first two of those landing on Tuesday this week. uh, The Black Box, after losing both his wife and memory in a car accident, a man undergoes an agonising experimental treatment that causes him to question who he really is. Um, Also, we have got The Lie, which stars Peter Sarsgaard and Joey King. A father and daughter are on their way to dance camp when they spot the girl's best friend on the side of the road. When they stop to offer her a ride, their good intentions bring terrible consequences and Shudder mm. very much having your back this October on Monday we've got Boys in the Trees on Halloween 1997 two estranged teens embark on a surreal journey through their memories dreams and fears a great one as well on Monday These Final Hours oh right okay mm-hmm. uh, used to be on Netflix isn't anymore so this is handy um, a self-obsessed young man makes his way to the party to end all parties on the last day on earth but ends up saving the life of a little girl searching for her father their relationship ultimately leads him on the path to redemption and um, a big favourite from the festival circuit in 2013 Bob at Goldthwaites Willow Creek landing.
1: Oh, lovely! Yeah, Excellent. an
0: adventure-loving couple visit the site of an infamous Bigfoot sighting with hopes of capturing footage of the creature. This is great. It's also really funny when it needs to be, but it's also really scary when it needs to be.
1: Yeah, I really like it.
0: Um, also on Thursday, uh, one from uh, fright Glasgow, I believe, last year. Uh, Damien Levesque's The Cleansing Hour.
1: Yes. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: That, yeah. Another successful exorcism streamed online, or so it seems. Can the exorcist producer and team bring ratings up? Things get serious when a real demon gets involved. I had a lot of fun with this. I think that that's worth checking out. That is everything for the streaming platforms this week it is hard to see past the haunting of bly manor as a pick
1: oh absolutely i i thought the haunting the hill house was absolutely phenomenal and i've got no reason to think that this won't be equally phenomenal because mike flanagan said it before It might be the best horror guy working
0: i would say that that is possibly true yeah uh, he's a remarkable talent really uh, really like brings a lot of gravitas to things i haven't watched the trailer for this anything like that i'm really looking forward to getting stuck into it when the time comes mm-hmm. so turning our attentions to this week's show then and after a full month of guests for september we are going to do an Andy vs Mitch episode this week. We've got a couple of guests lined up for October. October's looking really good, actually. Yeah, the way, the way it's shaping up is, uh, is pretty exciting. But yeah, we decided that we are going to do an Andy versus Mitch episode this week. And now, on the turn-based system, it would be my turn now, but we did a little bit of um, scorekeeping uh, on this lately. And for some reason, it seems like I have done one more than you. It seems like we've fallen out of sequence at some point, so it's your goal.
1: Yeah, and I'm happy to tell you that the film I'm going to choose, Mitch, is 1981's Bloody Birthday. Bloody Birthday. Okay, cool. Needless to say, I know nothing about this at all. Well, this is a former Mitch's pitch image. You may remember a screaming woman surrounded by three kids with knives. Oh, yeah, I remember it well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, This is available on Amazon Prime. Oh, nice. Okay, I was just about to check. Way to uh, pick up the slack on that one. Yeah, I've got your back, mate. Uh, Yeah, Amazon Prime, Bloody Birthday. A film that i think needs more eyes on it because i think it's i really love it i think it's excellent
0: cool okay so this week it's andy versus mitch it's andy's pick and we are doing bloody birthday how do you feel about that loads of ways to get in touch facebook and instagram are strong language violent scenes you can tweet us as well at strong violent pc um you can email strong language violent scenes at gmail.com and you can interact with other listeners on our facebook group the chud locker which you can find by searching the chud locker because unsurprisingly that is not taken <laughs>
1: We also have a Patreon page that you can nip over and check at patreon.com forward slash strong language violent scenes. Plenty of cool stuff going on there. Plenty of cool stuff available on various tiers. We just put out a little mini-sode the other day about Psychotic. Um, So if you want to know what we thought about that, nip on over to our Patreon and have a little gander at what's available there even just check it out share it tell people tell your pals about the podcast in general because that would really massively help us and if you are listening to us on whatever podcast platform you're listening on drop us a like a review and just basically tell all your pals
0: yeah we have an unreasonable authority that ratings and reviews work but uh, telling your pals definitely does yeah we're back this friday we are talking bloody birthday it's andy versus mitch join us then if you can in the meantime don't forget it is better to die a hero than live as food in a world of chuds goodbye
1: bye guys you've been listening to strong language and violent scenes with andy stewart and mitch bain strong language and violent scenes theme by mitch bain production and artwork by andy stewart find us on stitcher itunes spotify google podcasts and podbean